Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We're joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul Mission Control Deccant. Most importantly, you are you. You are here. That makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. Heads up, fellow conspiracy realists. Tonight's episode explores, at times, graphic depictions of violence, murder, and assault. As such, this may not be appropriate for all listeners. We want to specifically thank Lori Dollar, who reached out some time ago to contact us about this story. Let's get into it. Here are the facts. What is the Colonial Parkway? Have you guys, we, we talked about this off air. Um, I think um, a couple of us drove through it in times gone by, but it's, uh, it's a beautiful piece of land. Yeah, it's in Virginia. According to the National Park Service, uh, this this is gorgeous, and it has quite a bit of a history to it, right? It connects some old towns. It does. It does. Uh, the technical, or the real name, the name it wears at home, is way less interesting. State Route 90003. It's uh, a 23-mile stretch of road that goes in kind of a horizontal arc, linking, as you said, Matt, the uh, historic triangle of Virginia. That would be Yorktown most famous from Hamilton, Williamsburg, and Jamestown. It's pretty cool. I, again, I, I'm going off mostly information that's on that official, you know, the official Park Service website. Um, but it's got, uh, the, I, let's, say, let's say this, the reason why people seem to love it is because of that history and because it is such a scenic travel by foot kind of road or travel, you know, you could drive it, but you can travel by foot, you can travel by bike, travel in other ways that if you're just there, even though you're kind of couched amidst a bunch of city area, it does feel like maybe you're not in the city anymore. 
it's picturesque, you know, and that doesn't happen all the time with big conurbations. Like here in Atlanta, in our fair metropolis, we're all quite fortunate, uh, except for Paul. We're all quite fortunate to see things like Doll's Head Trail, you know, or Sweetwater. You can be in the midst of the city and then surrounded by greenery. And that just doesn't happen everywhere, but it happens here on the Colonial Parkway. Yeah, boys, I can open my backyard, open up to my backyard now and I just see forest. Are you seeing deer? What kind of fauna? Oh, yeah. do you have? All kinds of deer, coyotes. We got it all back here. Black you bear. Got, you got you you got a bear situation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, drop your pants and exhibit dominance. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just so it knows. <laughs> just like whip it back and oh wait, no, wait. What are we talking about? <laughs> okay. To be clear, everyone, when you see a bear, regardless of the species, please know you cannot PvP it. It's not a kangaroo. <laughs> Uh, and you also should not show it your junk. Ah, uh, are you sure? All right. All right. I'll take your word. <laughs> I'm not a bear expert. <laughs> also, also, uh, Noel, you have a, you have a bit of a, a silence there. Are you, are you thinking back to times you fought a bear? Oh my gosh. It, it, how could I forget those, uh, the bear times? I was once a bit of a grizzly man-esque figure. Thankfully, I did not go the way of Timothy Treadwell, and I am with you today to podcast but it was a little dicey there for a while, guys. Well, we're glad you're here, man. Thank you. And, Thank you. and uh, we're glad, you know, this this stretch of road, this Colonial Parkway, uh, calls to mind the uh, car, car stuff road trip we mentioned occasionally where we took these historic parkways throughout uh, different areas of the U.S. And it's entirely, at this point, for tourism. You know, the Colonial Parkway, is not like uh, the typical highway you might think of. It's not inundated with billboards. There's not a ton of strip malls and chain restaurants. There aren't tolls. Semi-trucks aren't allowed there. The speed limit's pretty low as well. Uh, So if you're in a hurry driving from point A to point Z, this is not for you. But if you are there at the right time of year and you like to kick back, uh, touch grass, as people say, uh, and check out some stunning views, then you take the Colonial Parkway. Reach out and touch grass. That's the way, that's the way I like mm-hmm. to think about it. Um, mm-hmm. Your own <laughs> personal fescue. Yeah, <laughs> but, it, but it's a, <laughs> that's really good, Ben. Uh, it is a Sunday drive kind of thing, right? Back there in the is. good old days. It's a wonderful Sunday drive, um, which is kind of weird, guys, because... This kind of thing, while picturesque, while beautiful in so many ways, it also, there's kind of a dark side to something like this. Oh, yeah. In more ways than one. No construction means no light pollution means uh, when it gets dark out there, it gets dark. There aren't even streetlights whatsoever for very long stretches of this. and Not no, even purple ones. <laughs> not even purple or blue ones, right? Or whatever they are. I trust you guys. You'll tell me. But uh, but there are also a ton of like, um, you know, if you've ever been on a, on a road in the U.S. in a rural area, especially around mountains, you might see this thing where it says scenic overlook and there's a little pull off, like little ovular or a half of a circle kind of thing where you can just park your car for a minute, get your photographs, breathe in, smell the air, enjoy yourself. And this place is meant to do that. It's purpose built for it since the first idea came around in the 1930s. And what do we think 
when we hear the idea isolated places where cars can pull off. You can take a brief stop and enjoy the view. We all know people. So if you know people, you're probably not surprised this parkway has also been for decades and decades. Even now, it's a top tier lover's lane. Oh, yeah. Teenagers and young adults. Mm, a really good spot to grab a pint of ice cream and enjoy it by yourself in and your suck van. a little face. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I guess you yeah. could do that, too. Such a good boy, Matt. <laughs> Only you would go up to Lover's Lane alone and just enjoy a nice pint of Ben and Jerry's. Oh, that I mean, makes it's... it more suspicious, by the it way. It is a little Zodiac killer-ish, Matt. I'm not going to lie. What? <laughs> Sorry. It's a shame ice cream eating session, and you're doing it alone in nature, as in intended. Nature. I'm see. sorry, officer, but my family can never learn about this butter pecan. never know. <laughs> so, okay. So for decades, this parkway was a known hookup location. The surrounding communities accepted this, barely a secret. If you're a local, you know about it, and there wasn't much wrong with it. It's the kind of situation where it's peak Americana. Law enforcement might roll up and they might bust some kids out too late, you know, uh, like to the earlier point, they might be getting to a quick, I won't say third base, but they might be playing shortstop you know, in the front or the back seat. And then law enforcement will probably say, all right, if you're not drinking, you're not doing drugs, you guys get out of here. Or I'm going to tell your parents, you know, go home, let the lesson be learned. But if we fast forward a few decades, what we see is the same isolation that made this perfect for young adults making out and tourist hunting, those amazing views. It also made it a perfect hunting ground for predators. And this is the story of the Colonial Parkway murders. Here's where it gets crazy. So what happened? What happened? Well, we're not talking about predators like bears and, uh, you know, a cougar or two or something like that. None of my grizzly skills would have come in handy at all. No, we're talking about the most dangerous game. We're talking about humans hunting humans. Um, And this is is really interesting, y'all, that it's a... Specific timeline, right? Only a couple of years. What is it? 86 to 89? Yeah, three years. Where there, it appears that someone was hunting there. Uh, and they had several. I, 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 ben, I, when I was looking, I found four couple or four couples, I guess, mm-hmm. or four individual instances that are confirmed. And then I was seeing on lists maybe a fifth one, but it wasn't connected to the parkway. <sighs> yeah. And it's, It's strange because even now in 2024, mid-February, as we record, law enforcement will tell you there is no hard forensic evidence linking the groups of murders that are collectively called the Colonial Parkway murders. I mean, we do know these did not seem to be unrelated or one-off situations. The MO was just too similar, too close. Uh, The authorities and the public alike while they have not officially called these all connected in terms of what they're looking for in investigations, they are absolutely treating them as such. They just can't rule out the possibility. In each event, there's a couple, usually pretty young, at least one case of very disturbing age discrepancy, but young, and they're sitting in a vehicle somewhere on or near Colonial Parkway, including the actual interstate that bisects it, the uh, I-64. So they're murdered in different ways. 
stabbing, gunfire, strangulation, one potential victim probably drowning. There's never any evidence of burglary. And there's often, but not always, no evidence of sexual assault. So this might call to mind things like the Son of Sam murders. You know, the guy walks up to the car, discharges a firearm. And in the ones where there is sexual assault that appears to have taken place, what I've seen, Ben, is that it is the female victim that was assaulted, male victim often just killed, which does begin to lead you down the pathway of a male uh, killer here in this instance. Right. And the demographics we know about serial murderers do, again, show us that overwhelmingly serial predators who are apprehended or proven to commit homicides are going to be male. Please listen to that sentence closely, folks, because the big caveat is we only know about the ones who are caught. Um, But yeah, like you're saying, the killer or killers also drove the victim's vehicles away from the site of the homicides in every case. That's the, that's the big MO. Yeah. Yeah. So I, it, there's lots to wonder about. We don't have to get into it right now, but just that, so that feels like a very sophisticated move, right? Because the moment, if you come, if you are a killer and you come across a couple, let's say that is making use of the colonial parkway, as we were, we were saying it is used in the past as a makeout spot, you off would probably encounter them in their vehicle oftentimes, or as we saw sometimes down, we'll talk about it, but down by the water, right? Which is another possibility where they're even more isolated. Moving that vehicle to slow down the discovery of those bodies. Um, that's, I think that's maybe one of the reasons why it feels like a more sophisticated serial killer than just a random acts of violence. I think that the car thing is a big deal. Premeditation, familiarity with the local geography, uh, also not panicking yep. on the part of the murderer. Yeah, it's it's. there are a lot of disturbing puzzle pieces here. We also know that at this point, the bodies of three couples have been recovered. There is one case generally grouped with the murders wherein a couple has disappeared. They have not been found to this day, no official confirmation of death. But the vast majority of people you speak with will believe that this disappeared couple has also been murdered. Their bodies are just somewhere out in the marsh yet to be found, or maybe somewhere there in in a river. Um, We already see that there are a couple wrinkles. There are additional homicides that have been tentatively linked to the four proven cases. And again, the bedeviling thing, law enforcement to this day says we're investigating these things. We are aware of their commonalities or appearing commonalities, but we have no hard forensic evidence linking these. So maybe we take a break for a word from our sponsors. When we return, let's dig in. Let's look at the timeline. Uh, and you'll you'll see why this is such a such a dilemma and an ongoing case even more than three decades later. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over six million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position 
warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. And we've returned and we've gone over the big picture. Let's start to look at individual cases and uh ben i think we start with rebecca and kathy so it's rebecca dowski and kathy thomas and this occurred on october 12th 1986 mm-hmm. yeah they uh on october 12th 1986 It's a white 1980 Honda Civic, and it looks like somebody was driving and then maybe swerved to avoid an animal or maybe just just had a misstep on the wheel. Uh, They are crashed, this Honda Civic, down an embankment uh, at what is called the Cheatham Annex Overlook. That's uh, about seven miles or so east of Williamsburg. And this car, I think, primarily stands out to the eye because of the white paint job it's also just a few feet like a very disturbing number of feet from dropping 15 feet and plummeting into the york river so if it's an accident they had a close call oh yeah a really close call let's take ourselves just really quickly into the mind of somebody who may have tried to crash that car and hide it um especially if we're talking about the darkness that existed on the colonial parkway when the attack likely occurred at night, maybe the person thought that vehicle was sufficiently hidden and nobody would see it. I think the color, uh, as you said, Ben, I think the color and um, just being that close to the embankment, I don't know. I feel like the person never wanted that vehicle to be discovered, but there were just factors that they didn't they didn't think about. I agree. 
And I think this is something that's going to come into play later as we go down the line about what this, if it was one person, what they learned and the way they put those lessons into action. And how it evolves. Right. Uh, I mean, that's a question too. Like, what would you do if you are a jogger and you see a car that appears to have crashed? It's down a steep embankment. So it's going to take you a while to get there. You would probably contact the authorities. That's what this person did. A highway patrolman goes there, finds this white Honda Civic, looks inside and finds the bodies of Kathleen, Mary, and Thomas, Kathy to her friends, and uh, Rebecca Ann Dowski, Becky to her friends. Uh, These two, by the way, were in a romantic relationship at the time, but they're they're not alive when the authorities find them. Dowski is in the backseat and Thomas's body for your familiar folks with a 1980 Honda Civic. It's the hatchback. So Thomas's body is unceremoniously stuffed in the hatchback. Gosh, what a undignified way to go. Shoved in the hatchback of a 1980 Honda Civic. I'm making light, but this is very gruesome stuff. And the autopsy uh, showed further grisly details, including rope burns about the neck and wrists of both of the bodies, which were looked at as some uh, telltale signs of strangulation. Um, In addition, trigger warning here for folks that maybe are averse to cutting like myself, their throats had been slashed uh, as well Um, quite deeply. In fact, so deeply that both bodies were nearly decapitated. That is just, what a brutal detail. Yeah. Strangled and slashed. It doesn't, it, it just leads one to really start to think about the kind of pathology, I guess, of the assailant. You know, this is someone that, this was not just a, a move of convenience or a move to make sure that they were dead. This was someone that had an aggressive, you know, streak a mile wide. Um, not this just strangulation alone wouldn't indicate such, but to the investigators, all these details added up to the idea that the murderer's original plan could have possibly been interrupted. Um, the bodies had also been doused in diesel, but not yet set on fire. So it seems as though something, you know, a wrench was thrown into the works here and there was a bit of panic that set in. Mm-hmm. And perhaps, uh, perhaps a reasonable or not reasonable, I would say, but logic set in. The idea that igniting a car fire would draw attention much more quickly, right? Yeah, but the other thing that we know is that this killer, whoever they were, left behind fingerprints. And not like they were wearing gloves when they were carrying out the murders and then they took the gloves off and they accidentally left a fingerprint. No, the the car, the back of the car at where the victims were, this car was covered in fingerprints, which again, psychologically means dousing the car, setting on fire would get rid of that evidence, right? Um, but it didn't happen for one reason or another. My mind takes me to whatever was happening was interrupted after like after the diesel has already been poured, after they've already been killed, they are where they are. This person was going to just set the car on fire, but then somebody's driving by, got spooked, and then decided to just drive it where they drove it. There's also the potential for a tight timeline on mm-hmm. the predator's side, 
which is mm. needing to be somewhere so as to not arouse suspicion, right? Yeah. Leveraging the time gap such that you have an alibi, right? Yeah. That works, uh, again, in pre-cell phone era. So there's, you know, one of the other questions is why not push it the extra few feet into the river? Right on that embankment, there are there are questions. It does seem like it does seem like early work, and it does seem as though the killer was indecisive in terms of what their security would be post event. But the the fingerprints are interesting too, because they are all over the inside, the outside of the car. They're full fingerprints. They're what are called latent or partial prints as well. No signs of a robbery. Both victims uh, have their purses there intact. Both victims are fully clothed. Authorities find no sign of sexual assault. But there is one vital clue. I think it's huge for what we're, we're going to see in the future. Um, one of the victims, Thomas, managed to fight back to a, a pretty impressive degree. And the body was holding a clump of hair presumably from her murderer. Yep. That's Kathy Thomas, by the way. And let's, let's just another quick thing. If you're an investigator, this is a same sex couple in 1986. Right. So when you start to think about killer's motives, maybe that's something that factors in. Right. Would have to. Yeah. Maybe this is a hate crime of some sort. Maybe that's the reason why this couple was targeted until a year later, Another couple is targeted, and it seems to be a, a different set of circumstances and yet very similar. And still some of that anger mm-hmm. right, in, the, in, in the murdering, right? This, this is not a surgical operation, right? It doesn't seem to be such, and there are still unanswered questions. So like you said, Matt, fast forward a year later. We meet David Knobling and Robin Edwards. Uh, it's September 21st. We'll go to the Ragged Island Wildlife Refuge, close to Smithfield. In any other day, it's a beautiful place. September 21st, 1987, a patrolman uh, at the Ragged Island Wildlife Refuge, which is uh, pretty close to Smithfield, finds a black Ford Ranger in the parking area. Um, And the engine, uh, the wipers, and the radio are all still running. This is an eerie scene. Um, Some pieces of clothing are found inside. Both doors are open. The driver's window is partially rolled down. The car is identified as belonging to an individual named David Lee Nobling, a salesman, um, and his wallet is uh, discovered intact in the car. Uh, Authorities rule out, as in the other case, robbery. Um, Then two days later, on September 23rd, 1987, Nobling's body washes up on the shore, along with an additional body belonging to a 14-year-old by the name of Robin Margaret Edwards. Um, The tide uh, carried them um, onto the shore, uh, the kind of beach area of this refuge, this wildlife refuge. The cadavers uh, were about 100 feet apart, both showing signs of fatal gunshot wounds, execution style for nobbling in the back of the head. Edwards, one in the head and one uh, in the shoulder that likely would not have been the fatal blow. Uh, Both were clothed partially, and it appeared as though uh, the the water was not responsible for removing these items of clothes. We know the water can be 
pretty rough and can, you know, there's a lot of push and pull. Um, and, you know, things can get removed because of this. But the, the investigators did not believe that was the case here. Yeah. And the story already, astute listeners, uh, you see the story is already pretty disturbing without an active murderer. Think of those ages, Noel said. The salesman in this case is 20 years old. The body discovered with him uh, was that of a 14-year-old child. The child, Edwards, her jeans are unfastened. Her bra is positioned around her neck. Originally, investigators, making some of the assumptions at the time, are not sure whether sexual assault took place. They are presuming Nobling Edwards had a sexual relationship. Uh, so to them, they're thinking, well, if this person already had a sexual encounter, uh, you know, does that mean that they may have been assaulted and we won't be able to tell due to the degradation of the bodies, et cetera, et cetera. Later, they would conclude that Edwards had indeed been sexually assaulted by someone who was not nobling or nobling. Uh, the pair had last been seen on September 9th. Uh, Edwards snuck out of her family home to meet Nobling at an arcade. And this is not, if you look at the map, you'll see, I said it was close to Smithfield. It's, it's closer to Carrollton. Um, and it's right on the edge of the, the James River across from Newport News. And this means the bodies are not technically found on the Colonial Parkway, but authorities don't exist in a vacuum. They're well aware of the two women who were killed last year, and they're saying both of these murders occur in known Lover's Lane areas, and these two locations, by the way, are a scant half hour from each other via car. Yeah, if if you're if you're going across that one bridge, I was looking at that, Ben, because it, it is really, it is weirdly close, especially with the James River as the connector. Like, if you could just draw a straight line. It's pretty dang close. Um, I can see why it's connected. And if you were familiar with all the snaking waterways and the non-paved roads in the area, then you would have various um, methods of entering or leaving the situation. Like if you had a fishing boat or something? Perhaps. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, perhaps. And uh, and then, okay, so no, no public leads yet. Everything and these folks are doing good police work. Everything they're finding, it's a dead end. It's a box canyon. One more thing, just to think about this: when considering the gunshot wounds to these victims, uh, execution style to the back of the head. To me, that speaks of the first shot that was fired to take out the male mm-hmm. uh, in of the two people that are standing there, or that you encounter the uh, shot to the head and shoulder. To me speaks of someone probably trying to run away or escape. Agreed. And then the, uh, the driver's window partially rolled down is also perhaps not provable, but perhaps indicative of impersonation of a law officer or an exactly to get compliance, open the car door, get out That's of the a, car, sir. Um, a BTK ruse thing. And so authorities are well aware something's happening. Fast forward less than a year. This time, perhaps students of serial murders will note this could be indicative of an escalating pattern. This is where we meet Cassandra Haley and Richard Cole. 
On April 10th, 1988, authorities uh, turned up a 1982 red Toyota Celica on the York River Overlook in Yorktown. Um, and it's identified as belonging to a student by the name of Richard Keith Call. And the very same day, he and another student named Cassandra Lee Haley are reported missing, uh, 20 and 18 years old, respectively. Um, the couple was last seen at a party uh, late in the night around 1.30 a.m. on April the 10th. Um, returning back to the car, the keys were on the driver's seat. Glasses and a watch remained on the dash. Pretty much all of Call's clothing is in the back of his car, along with some of Haley's. And the investigation would later prove that they were the very same clothes the couple were wearing uh, earlier to the party. So with the help of some police dogs, authorities tracked the couple's scents to the shoreline of the York River. And at first, perhaps uh, with some um, validity, they assumed the couple decided to go on a night swim um, and, and unfortunately drowned, theoretically. Um, it could certainly happen, Ben, wouldn't you say? I mean, you know, people mm-hmm. are inebriated, mm-hmm. uh, not maybe at their at their sharpest and conditions are perhaps more aggressive than they realize. Uh, there's a maybe a perhaps a, a current of some sort, you know, I mean, it's certainly a plausible scenario. Yeah, because this goes out into the bay. And in comparison with the earlier murder from less than a year before, uh, if you look at the area, you'll see that uh, you'll see that there's like a study of a, a peninsula in the middle and there are rivers to either side of it. Uh, this is on the other side of that middle peninsula to the to the previous murder. So it's clearly in the same area and and you're absolutely right no it is regrettably plausible possible for people to simply drown while inebriated it's it's something that we looked at in our previous episode on the allegation of the smiley face killer if you remember that one right all those uh college students mostly male who may have accidentally drowned or may have been murdered i'm I'm looking at the map again guys just trying to understand um it reminds me of the lake berryessa zodiac thing trying to like figure out where they actually might have looked at the water and thought we could we should go swimming down there when you put it in the overlook doesn't really give you a place that is you know titled the overlook right yeah it's like overlook point is probably the closest overlook point so but but that's actually going down to the york river state park like in that area is that what we're saying or is it somewhere different from there it's yeah you're 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 on the money there okay so it does appear there's a place where you could take your vehicle down and park it and be right by the river you know in imagining you could just go in there and swim as you guys said like maybe you're a little inebriated you're feeling excited about being with each other um that makes a whole bunch of sense um and we do know other killers have targeted couples on beaches. Right. Yeah, because of the isolation there, right? And the the thing is, like you were saying, Noel, they're able to follow the scent with the help of canine units to the shore of the river, at which case or in which at which point the scent is lost. At this point, as we record, February sixteenth, twenty twenty four. No trace of these individuals has been found. They have not been seen once, ever, in the subsequent decades. If they were found alive this year, Call would be around 56 years old. Haley would be around 54 years old. Whoa. Uh, yeah. 
That's a but, long time to be off the grid. Let's go back to the potential boat thing, guys, because the James River, if you come out around that peninsula, as you were describing, Ben, you've got the York River right on the other side. If you knew what you were doing and you had access to a boat and you saw some people swimming at night and you had bad intentions, if you could somehow get them on your boat, you could take them anywhere along the coast there in the Chesapeake Bay. There's a lot of water. There is a lot of water there, and it's very difficult to search that amount of water. We we know that due to the earlier proven murders, investigators at the time were clocking similarities. They were primed to look for these. So they looked at the condition of the vehicle, like you described, Noel. Uh, because of this, despite the bodies having never been recovered at this point, these two victims, Call and Haley, are presumed often to be victims of the Colonial Parkway killer or killers. Well, hey, guys, what do you say we take a quick pause, um, hear a word from our sponsor, and then come back with more details of this uh, chilling case. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. And we've returned. Guys, before we jump into the next victims, I had no idea that there was a place right in this area called the Great Dismal Swamp. Ooh, is that, that like, like a magic card? <laughs> no, <laughs> or, or the, uh, like a place in like the Phantom Tollbooth or something. It really does sound like a yeah. Does everyone call it that, or is that like a, a Matt thing? 
It's called the Great Dismal Swamp National Wildlife Refuge, and the James River kind of flows, uh, feeds into oh, it. I thought you were talking about like in your neck of the woods. No, no, no. It's like just, it's, <laughs> I'm just looking at near Norfolk and Chesapeake and. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> anyway, dismal sorry. Yeah. It's huge. Mm-hmm. I'd love, maybe I'm saying it wrong. Maybe it's the Great Dismal Swamp, you know? Or the D's Mal. <laughs> Maybe that's it. I think it's dismal, dude. <laughs> it's just on multiple awesome. levels, it's probably dismal. I just imagine early settlers walking through, like, oh, this place is dismal. And they're like, you know what? I <laughs> I love those names. It's weird too when you look at speaking of like our earlier episode on Terra Nullius, um, it may be more for a ridiculous history thing we explore together, but I love those names where it's clear that whomever decided to name it at like the whatever European it was, they were severely unimpressed, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Sometimes it's just pulled from their journal. It's like Mickey farted. (laughs) (laughs) Just for fun. Dismal. If you're looking at dictionary terms means dreary, gloomy, or disgracefully bad. (laughs) (laughs) Two stars. Uh, So uh, this Sorry, this, I, I guess I just I needed a light. We thing. needed some levity. Yes, thank you. Uh, because also, swamp regions are well, swamp and wetland regions are very difficult to access. Right? Um, often you need a knowledge of the land, and you need specific type of transit. Right? You can't get to a lot of these places in, say, a gold nineteen seventy two Chevy Nova, which was discovered abandoned at a rest stop in I-64 on September 5th, 1989. Again, Interstate 64 intersects with the Colonial Parkway. And this vehicle that is discovered already pings some red flags for the investigators in the area. Because, as you know, if you are a student of rest stops, it's a good place to abandon vehicles. They get left there all the time. And sometimes they're connected with crime. Sometimes just bad, non-criminal things happen. Uh, It doesn't necessarily mean there was a murder when you see an abandoned car, but it's a good place to leave one. Exactly. And you know that potentially, or in one of the earlier scenarios, the suspect appears to have driven a car. One of the victim's cars, right? With mm-hmm. with that white vehicle that was found, the first murders. Um, so immediately, I, I can imagine these investigators, all the lights popping off. But what was the big deal with this one left at a rest stop that made it feel fishy? Oh, uh, the keys are in the ignition. Mm-hmm. The driver and passenger side doors are unlocked. This is very similar to what we were describing earlier. There's also dirt on the undercarriage and mm. grass stains indicating this vehicle was recently driven through the woods to this rest stop. A month passes, and then the corpses of the people in that car are discovered. We're talking about Anna Maria Phelps and uh, Daniel Lauer, who was the owner of the car. That's L-A-U-R, mm-hmm. if you're looking it up. Uh, they are found in the woods between Williamsburg and Richmond. And as we, well, it's a little, again, it's a little bit of a different area, isn't it? Right, or is it right yeah. off, it's not right off the Colonial Parkway. No, no, it's on a logging road. Okay. They're, they're discovered by hunters uh, in in the kind of thing where, like, if you're familiar with 
hunting clubs, uh, stuff like that, then you know in your neck of the woods the unpaved roads where you can drop your car and then go off in the wild to find the deer or the black bear or whatever. And they're roughly one mile from this rest stop. They're covered in an electric blanket, which is pulled from that Chevy Nova. And because uh, more than a month has passed, the bodies are significantly decomposed. It's difficult to determine. Well, it's basically impossible to determine the cause of death here. It's also very difficult to determine whether there was sexual assault. But um, like you were saying earlier, Noel, the autopsy identifies things that appear to indicate emotionally involved homicide, right? Anger of some sort. There are deep stab marks on Phelps's abdomen into the bone. So whomever was doing this probably continued harming the body after the person died. Wow. That's the thing. Yeah. I mean, like with the whole strangulation versus decapitation and all of that. I mean, it really feels like someone's got a, f- a fetishistic kind of approach to these, uh, these situations. Or I guys, I would argue in this one, it feels like there could be a crime of passion involved because of the relationships, uh, the personal relationships and the one that may have potentially been violated in this scenario. Right. Okay. So in that case, that's a good observation, Matt. So in that case, what what you need to know about Anna Marie Phelps and Daniel Lauer is that Anna Marie Phelps is dating Daniel Lauer's brother. He is the boyfriend's brother. Uh, They are out there, points unknown, motives unknown when these deaths occur. Yeah. And and who knows what they were doing out there. But if there's an electric blanket out in the woods, uh, they're on a drive in this area. Who knows what they were doing out there? But I don't know if I was if I was the investigator, I'm looking directly at the boyfriend. Yeah, you would have to. We also don't know uh, whether a mile is a long way to walk. Yeah. Through the woods and a rest stop. So we don't know if the electric blanket was on them when they died or whether it was put over them as like an attempt to hide the scene of the murder or hide yeah. the bodies. Either way, what are they, what are they doing out where they were? Whatever happened. Right. Mm-hmm. And what a terrible situation for the boyfriend. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Cause he's probably, again, if this is a serial murderer, he has nothing to do with it, but he's definitely going to be the top of the list of people that investigators look at. Mm-hmm. Three terrible realizations. My girlfriend's dead. My sibling's dead. I don't know what they were doing in the woods. There are additional victims suspected, but yet not yet confirmed. Uh, Opinions differ on whether these deaths should be grouped as part of the larger umbrella, the Colonial Parkway murders. It's things like the deaths of Mike, Margaret, and Donald Hall. They were found uh, on August 21st, 1984, uh, about 300 yards from a apartment complex in Henrico, Virginia. And due to the similarities in their deaths, the location, the discovery of a vehicle abandoned passenger door open keys in the ignition. uh, Some detectives maintain that this may be the first actual incident of colonial parkway murders, but again, not officially attached Uh, same way with a guy where we, I believe we, may have mentioned on a previous episode, Brian Pettinger and Lori Powell. 
I swear I feel like we mentioned them because um, because he is last seen at a dance club, December 4th, 87. Uh, and when they find his body, he had been bound. He had been thrown into the James River, likely while still alive. Or actually, they're convinced he was alive. And he, he drowned in there only to for his body to be recovered by uh, fishermen two months later. It occurs in the area of the Colonial Parkway around the same time the other proven homicides occur. Wow. It just goes on, and it's, it's, a, it's a dangerous, dark rabbit hole. We're talking about people like Lori Compton also goes missing. We're talking about possible links to the Shenandoah National Park murders with Julianne Marie Williams, Laura Salisbury, we nots, why nots. And in each of those cases, there's also a troubling similarity. And the question is, are those similarities that we see as observers or that investigators see, or are they actually illustrative of the same killer? With this point, with tons of unanswered questions, we have to get to the suspects because imagine how heartbreaking it is to go for three plus decades with no leads at all. Right. Uh, and it seemed like everything was a dead end. Yet another series of cold cases in the United States that will remain unsolved until just last month, January of 2024, there was a break in the case, which is astonishing. Oh, yeah. It's pretty mind blowing. There is a potential person as a, a primary suspect that may actually be linked to at least a few of these homicides. Uh, should we just say his name? Yes. yes. Uh, this person is named Alan Wade Wilmer Sr. W-I-L-M-E-R. He is considered the prime suspect in three of the homicides. David uh, Nobling, I think, as we were referring to him as, Robin Edwards, and then the who's the third one, Ben? The the third homicide is considered unrelated to what we call the Colonial Parkway murders. Okay, and that person is Teresa Lynn Spa Howell, who was yes. twenty nine years old. Yeah. So there's Howell and Edwards. Uh, Wilmer will never be prosecuted because Wilmer passed away in December twenty seventeen, sixty three years old, cause of death, hardening of the arteries. Uh, he was well known. He was a local. Uh, he was a clam and oyster fisherman. His friends called him Pokey. That was his street name. Uh, investigators, this is still really, really strange, guys. Investigators get his DNA after his death. And all they'll say about it publicly is they went through legal channels. He was not a convicted felon. So his DNA, his info was not in any uh, law enforcement database. He also wasn't military. That makes sense why they had a hundred fingerprints, but they couldn't ID anybody because there was no, his prints were never in any of the databases. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. They were looking for a ghost. I wonder, -wise. Yeah. I wonder how long they were looking at him though, as a potential. We still don't know. Uh, Virginia state police have the full press conference online. Do watch it. If you can, uh, we'll play a clip at the end here, but uh, we got this courtesy of WTVR CBS six out of Virginia. And what they tell us is 
like reporters have asked, we don't know exactly when they started looking at this guy for it. In every announcement from the authorities, the investigators also take pains to say they are convinced this guy was a murderer. He would be charged for these homicides were he alive. He knew this is where it gets kind of true detective season one. Yeah. He was intimately familiar with the land. He knew the woods. He knew the waters. He, he had a boat. The, he had a boat that Denny Wade. He owned a tree cutting business called the Burst of Creativity Better Tree Services. Interesting. He was mobile. He was informed. He had something he had something like primitive OPSEC. Right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm thinking about timing now. Because if these are his primary things, I don't know when you go fishing uh, for those for that particular wildlife, right? Uh, what times that you have to be out there. But I'm assuming that's early mornings often and sometimes late at night after it gets dark. To get those oysters and clams, it's probably early morning, late night. Um, which means you would, no, no matter who's in your life personally, right? You are going to be out later than normal and that time might vary and you might be up super early um and that time might vary hmm. sorry just thinking things it's i mean <laughs> it's incredibly important you know again police are saying look there's no conclusive forensic evidence linking other murders to these three that we're convinced this guy committed and so the three other active cases of the Colonial Parkway's murders, they're unresolved today. People are still searching for answers. Could these all be the actions of Wilmer and they just haven't been conclusively tied to that monster? Could there be other active killers, someone impersonating law enforcement, something that could explain the uh, seemingly the seeming compliance on the part of the victims, wallets out, stuff on the dash, present ID, get out of the car, etc.? That's what I was going to say. This is one of the the David Nobling, Robin Edwards case is one of the ones where the car was left like that. And there are several other that have that very similar uh, aspect to them. It does make you wonder if, if he was involved with all of those. Mm. Eesh. Okay. And he can't be questioned. He's no. beyond the reach of mortal law. But that doesn't mean the investigations are done. There is more to do. A, a break in a case like this can be a watershed moment for even more investigations, right? So maybe um, maybe we can go out this way, going to the experts uh, from that press conference we mentioned. There's a pretty impactful clip from uh, Brian Dugan coming out of the Norfolk office in the FBI. He's a special agent. So before we before we play this clip again, uh wanna once more shout out WTVR CBS six who made the clip available in its entirety. Here is Special Agent Brian Dugan. While these tragedies occurred decades ago, I recognize how much pain followed them throughout those years without any answers. And there are still maybe more families out there hoping to close their chapters as well. That's why we're asking the public to take a good look at the suspect's photos. If you had any encounters with him or his vehicle or watercraft, hunted with him, farmed oysters or clams, docked next to him in marinas, spent time with him on a personal basis or at work, or even romantically to some point, we want to hear from you. We're also interested in hearing 
from the public about areas where Wilmer had worked in, both as a fisherman and tree cutter, locations where he may have been known to hunt, or bars, clubs, or lounges he frequented. A piece of information, no matter how small, could be useful to investigators. To submit a report, we're encouraging the public to call the FBI's tip line, 1-800-CALL-FBI, or submit a tip online at tips.fbi.gov. Alternatively, you can also contact the state police via email at questions at vsp.virginia.gov. And we're going to pause here because Dugan goes on to uh, to what we believe is perhaps the most impactful part of this press conference where he is directly call, putting out what we call a call to action. People knew this guy. He was in a hunting club. He did have fishing buddies. Could they come forward? Yeah. Well, would they have any information, right? How secretive was he about his actions if he was, in fact, taking these actions? Um, and I think this is something, uh, what you're about to hear, this is something that could be applied to any murder case, any really any criminal activity case um mm. you this is it's just a really good point i it's said really well we recognize relationships and loyalties change over time as do people and their perspectives there are occasions where people who may have had knowledge of the incident did not feel comfortable coming forward with the information at the time this may have been due to close relationships with persons involved or out of concern of their own safety, reputation, or standing amongst friends. Even though Mr. Wilmer is deceased, we want to know, we want you to know, it is not too late to come forward. Yeah, and this happens with any any sort of crime. And you know, it's very, it's very easy, unfortunately, devilishly easy to hear something like this, not be directly involved, and think, well, of course, I would do the right thing. I would say if there, were, if I saw something screwy, but we have to realize there is tremendous social pressure often not to rock the boat. Uh, and with that in mind, these cases remain unsolved. Thank you again to Lori Dollar. Our thoughts are with the families and survivors of these murders, uh, and we hope that there will be justice found. The investigations continue. We would like to hear from you. We try to be easy to find online. We do. You can find us at the Halo Conspiracy Stuff on Facebook, on YouTube, and on XFKA Twitter. You can find us at the Halo Conspiracy Stuff Show, however, on Instagram and TikTok. We do have a phone number. It's a voicemail system. Call 1-833-STDWYTK. Let us know about other cases like this that just we haven't been put on to yet. Please, please, please do that. Give yourself a cool nickname. Let us know if we can use your name and message on the air. If you've got more to say, then can fit in that three-minute message. Why not instead send us a good old-fashioned email? We are the folks who read every email we get. Conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 